So tap your neighbor and say, get involved. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for today. Speak to us profoundly. Execute your word with simplicity and clarity. Let your word come with illumination. Let your word bring advancement into our lives. Let your word do know what no man can do. Let it come so in its execution that no man can take the glory. That all men will say this is just the doing of the Lord. Therefore, it is marvelous in our eyes. In Jesus' name, amen. I've got 25, less than 25 minutes to execute this. We'll have our communion and I believe God will be a blessing to somebody. Amen. Uh, there is something about the sensitivity of God. You have to be sensitive. And that is how sometimes men of God, we can be preaching and instantly we just get the edge that stop preaching and do something. And if you don't do it, you lose the climate or the atmosphere that goes with it. So I want to plead with you, everybody in this church, I want you to see the harvest in your life. Say amen. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 24 to 30, uh, the Bible said Jesus used parables. And he said, another parable he put forth to them, saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But whilst men slept, his enemy came and sowed thought among the wheat and went his way but when the grain had sprung and produced a crop then the tears also appeared so the servant of the the servant of the owner came and said to him sir did you not sow good seed in your field how then does it have tears? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servant said unto him, Do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, No, lest whilst you gather up the tears, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather the tares and bind them in bundle to bend them, but gather the wheat into the wall, into the pan. Amen. I want to minister, continue the series, uh, part two of what we need to understand and we're trusting God as on the subject of our time for title, fruitfulness during your harvest season. Tell your neighbor you'll be fruitful during your harvest season. And I'm, I'm not going to go so much into it because of time. If you want, I want to admonish all of us. Let's spend time with the podcast. And, and, and so you, um, sometimes the time you spend on something determines how well you receive it. And there are times I spend time like one and two hours, one and a half hours on the particular preaching I'm listening to and I write notes and it takes me sometimes five hours to finish the whole clip. So I spend time a lot. 
last night, last morning, for instance, I was busy uh, around, around maybe one, two. I was listening to uh, a sermon and I was digesting it, writing it, lying on my bed, taking notes. I couldn't finish it, so I decided. So if it is 30 minutes, I used about one hour, double of the time, to finish it. So um, I've, st- I've still not finished it. It was one and a half hours. I just did one hour. So I'm left with three, one and a half more hours, or what do you call it, two more hours to finish it. Now, what you need to understand here is that it is important one understand that your harvest season is essential. Tell your neighbor, your harvest season is essential. And last week we finished. If you uh, you have to go back and listen to the podcast, and that will help you. If you've not subscribed to the podcast, please do so because I'm not going to go back to it. I told you that it's important for you to understand. I'm going to pick something from the from the main test. The Bible said he said, "Do not rush the war to plug it out," because I want you to understand. It doesn't matter how well you are attentive. God is trying to say that when he said, did you not go to sow good seed? And I want you to understand that good will not necessarily come out as good until it takes time. Praise the Lord. And I just started that we're doing one so one member. And I told you that maybe some of us, we have never preached the gospel to somebody, nor invited somebody to church. But we decided to obey that voice and we went. And we were hoping that instantly there will be somebody following us. But we have come back here and nobody is following us because it takes time. Tell your neighbor, it takes time. That is why it is important for every child here to understand if you are a student here, don't wait till exam time before you revise because there is something within revision that you will revise but forget. So when you revise and you forget and you go back and revise, it takes time to assimilate what you have learned. Praise the Lord. That is why those of you who are waiting till everything get properly done in your life and everything in your marriage gets settled and everything in your education, in your finances gets settled before you seek God, you are lying to yourself. A time will come when you will not be able to be productive. The earlier you start, the earlier you watch, you finish it. I told you that the first thing you have to understand about the harvest moment is that the harvest time you have to hear the voice of God. He is the Lord of the harvest. He is the one who, who instructs us to go. He said the field is ready and I want you to go and appropriate and I want you to take, reap what has been sown. I want you to understand that it said, although we are, uh, we are ready to obey God, there are times we have to be able to come to the point to understand that God wants us to hear and understand. It is not everybody who hears the voice of God understands the voice of God. Tell your neighbor, it is not everybody who understands the voice of God when they hear the voice of God. Praise the Lord. In Acts chapter 8 verse 30 to 31, the Bible said, Philip ran hither to him and said to the Ethiopia, uh, Ethiopian uh, Enoch, he said, I want, he said, do you understand what you are reading? I want you to understand. Do you understand what you are reading? Reading is like an information given to you. Most often we hear the voice of God, but we don't understand it. And I pray that this year you understand it in the name of Jesus. Haven't you ever come to the point to understand that somebody was told that there is the cold, uh, is a a winter. We get cold in winter, isn't it? 
So we get cold in winter, and you know about the seasons in the year, and at the end of the day, you don't understand that when you are coming, you don't wear t-shirt. You can know about it, but understanding will cause you to know that you have to put on what is termed as layers. Some of you will not understand layers. Layers means putting something on top of something. And sometimes when people dress, they put on stuff to make them warm. If understanding is what will cause you to come to the point. And God wants you to understand it. Praise the Lord. The Bible said in the book of Genesis chapter 41 verse 25. The Bible said that when Pharaoh had the dream, he didn't understand it. And the chapter 41 verse 25 said, And Joseph said unto Pharaoh, And Joseph said unto Pharaoh, The dream of Pharaoh is one. God has shared Pharaoh what is about to all to do now you have to understand that when you have a dream i've had many people who have come to me telling me you i had a dream when you have a dream is a way of god talking to you but it takes one thing to have a dream and it takes another thing to understand praise the lord so the first thing you have to understand is hearing the voice of god and understanding the voice of god tell your neighbor understanding the voice of god I pray that in the year 2020, you will understand the voice of God. And sometimes the next step or the next uh, thing that we have to do to actualize our fruitfulness is what I call obedience to the voice of God. It is not everyone who hear the voice of God understand. And not all who understands also obeys. It is sequential. It is systematic. Sometimes if you obey out of ignorance, you can't sustain it. Because lack of knowledge will cause you to perish. Now, I want you to understand that God wants you. The reason why he spoke is not for you just to understand, but for you to obey. And in the year 2020, I pray that it will be the year you have you have never obeyed God in the level you are about to engage in. The Bible said obedience is very essential. Obedience to the voice of God. Obedience involves knowing what God requires of us. God, what God requires of you. And doing it accordingly. Come on somebody be with me here. It is not just obeying God but obeying him what? As accordingly. Say accordingly. I went through the dictionary and I came through certain work like accordingly means completely and totally without omission. It means that to leave or to obey to the limit. It means from the beginning of what he says to the end. It also means that from the heart to the soul. It means that from A to Z. It means that exclusively and exhaustively he wants you to obey him. Some of you obey God but partially. He doesn't want you to obey him partially. He wants you to obey him completely and totally without any alteration, without any reservation, without any hesitation. He wants you to come and obey his word. Precious one, he doesn't want you to go half complete or half partially involved in what he's calling us to do. When he speaks, he wants it to be obeyed. Tell your neighbor, obey him completely. 
It also involves believing that what he's asking you to do is going to benefit your life. When God speaks to you, you must understand that whatever he's telling you to do will benefit your life. It also contains the fruit of your trust in this word. When you are obeying God, number one, I'm going back. It also involves believing that what he's asking you to do is going to be right and will benefit you. Number two, it contains the fruit of your trust in God. When you obey God, it is an indication that you trust him. When you obey God, I don't need to be told that you trust the God of all flesh. The third thing it does when you are believing God that characterizes our obedience to God is it demonstrates our faith towards him. It demonstrates our faith in him. It is in him that we live. It is in him that we walk. It is in him that we have our being. It demonstrates your faith. So when you are obeying God, I don't need to see, I don't need to ask you of your faith because your faith will demonstrate itself. Hallelujah. So when you are obeying God, it is a sign that you trust him. Tell your neighbor, obey him. In the first Samuel chapter 15, verse 1 to 3, and the verse number 9, because of time, I'm going to paraphrase it. This was when Samuel spoke to Saul and said, God said, when the Israelite came out of Egypt, the Amalekite, let me read it, and, Saul, uh, and Samuel told Saul, uh, the Lord sent me to anoint you king over his people Israel. Now listen to the Lord's word. This is what the Lord of Ami says. I will punish I will punish Amalek for what they did to Israel. They blocked Israel's way after the Israelites came from Egypt. Now go and attack the Amalek. Claim everything they have for God by destroying it. Don't spare them. But kill men, women, infant, children, cow, sheep, camel, and donkeys. Verse number 9 says that when Saul went, he left some things unkilled. Some of us, we are obeying God, but partially. When you obey God partially, it is called disobedience. Praise the Lord. And when you do that, you terminate the purpose of the assignment or the voice of God given to you. Readiness to obey and de- depend on God de- completely and totally without deviation or alteration. It means that you are coming to the point to say to the Lord, I will obey you from the start to the end. It is not everybody who starts will finish. But there is a, there's a scripture that says many are called but few are chosen. Between the choosing time and the selection time, there are those who endure to the end. So if you want to follow God, don't follow God half past or partially. He wants you to follow. He said, if you want to be hot, be hot. If you want to be cold, be cold. But if you want to be in between, he will speak to you out. Praise the Lord. He will spew you out. Praise the God. Now the Bible said that the one that I really enjoy so much that I want to talk about is that the believers we have in this dispensation are not those who are disobedient to God from the start to the end. 
But there are those who claim they are following God, but also you can't follow God spiritually and fleshly. You gotta send the point I'm driving at. In Acts chapter 5, the Bible said there was a man called Ananias and Zephyria. The voice of God was pronounced in the atmosphere. And the Bible said the believers caught it and said that before we can move forward as a church, there is something we need to do. We have to share everything in common. Now the Lord spoke into the heart of Ananias and Zephyria, but when they behold that what has come into their heart, they decided to hold back. We are living in the times when the believer is being killed. When you are being killed, it doesn't mean physically being killed. But it means that spiritually and the things that must happen in your life doesn't happen. Because God himself is the one dealing with you. Ananias and Sapphira, it wasn't the devil who killed him. It was God himself who dealt with him. Praise the Lord. They decided to hold back. But that story makes me sad so much that the problem with those who obey God partially, what they are keeping for themselves, they don't even touch it. Ananias and Sapphira held back part of the money, but the Bible said they died when they presented what was theirs. And I promise you from experience, if you are going to cheat, you will not take what you are cheating with in your pocket. You will keep it somewhere and come and say, look into my pocket, there is nothing more, there is nothing less. Which means that what they kept in the secret place to use it afterward, it was going to be taken by somebody else. And most of us, we are refusing to obey God today because we are too conscientious about our future. God knows what is in your present. He knows what is in your end, but he wants you to obey him. He's a God who is a provider. If God told you to make room for him, make room for him now, not tomorrow. Tell your neighbor, not tomorrow, but now. Our readiness to obey God can be empowered. It must be empowered. It must be, it must be enhanced. It must, be, it, must, it must receive what I call a catalyst. It must be empowered. And sometimes we give up and we feel like giving up because we become so concerned about our situation. There is nothing wrong with you being coming to the point where you feel like, wow, this is getting tough. If God doesn't appear, I am in Shambak. Jesus got to that point anyway. And one of the things that helps a believer that now we are running away from is that I want to, I want to promise you something because of time. I'm going to shout it in. You see this bulb here. There is a bulb here. There is a light here for those of you who listen to the podcast. It doesn't matter how beautiful it is here. If it is not connected to the main switch to bring power, it is useless here. Now, sometimes you may have what it takes, but you need to be empowered. All of us, most often, anybody who is commanded by God, and we try to obey him out of the limitations in our life, is sometimes we, we, we ask ourselves, if it is not God, we will be in trouble. We come to that point. But there is something you do that override those things. It, it doesn't make it uh, like a woman is in, in labor and they give her the gas. The gas doesn't take away the pain. It, it makes it a bit conducive. One of the things that empowers a believer is your prayer life. The Bible said that in Acts, the Bible said in, in, in Matthew, 
The Bible said that when Jesus Christ was, was in Gethsemane, he was ready to give up. The Bible said he was ready to obey God, but something in him, that is the flesh, began to creep in. But my Bible said that when he prayed, when he prayed, come on, tell your neighbor, when he prayed, what he thought he couldn't do became possible. And I want you to understand when you begin to pray and you begin to fast, it covers some things in the, in the realms of the natural and you begin to connect to the realms of the, of the spirit. And I want you to understand if you want to follow God, you must be prayerful. If you want to follow God and you are not prayerful, you will perish like a smoke. And if you, if you surround your life with business, it is not a substitute. You will not get the benefit. Obeying God form an integral part with our walk with God. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he shares on our way. Whilst we do his good will, he abides with us still. And with all who will trust and obey. I like what the songwriter continues to say, to trust. And obey for there is no other way. Those of you who think there is other way, substitute, there is no other way. Everybody goes through what you're going through. That makes you feel like to give up. Do you think it is always easy for us to take one tenth of our salary and give it to God? It is not easy, but the confidence that propels us to obey God is the right assurance that we have that God will come to our rescue. He will come to your rescue. He said, let both grow together. The problem is that when both grow together, it is difficult to differentiate at the, at the beginning. At the moment, some of you, there are some people who are not doing it, and some people who are doing it. It looks as if we are all on the same level. But when the harvest time comes, you will see that there is a discrepancy between the two. There is a distinction between the two. And this contradistinction is about to bring about the glory of God in the life of somebody. It looks as if all of you are single. Those who are going to the club are single. Those of us in the church are single. But the time is coming when God is about to turn our weeping into dancing because God is on our side I don't know who I came here to preach to but I want you to understand that God is coming for your sake tell your neighbor God is coming for your sake Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Let me level here. Uh, the Bible says, look at me. I want you to, when you look at Luke chapter 22, verse 41 to 45, let me make a secret here known to you. I know you know the story. I'm not going to bother you with the details. The verse number 41 says, he withdrew from them about a stone throw and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Lord, if it be possible, let this cup run from me. But he said, nevertheless, not that we will be done but not my will be done but that will be done the verse number 43 is what I want you to look at the verse number 43 says it said then an angel appeared to him from heaven strengthened him praise God let me make something clear to you here in the garden there were many people there oh come on somebody it is not your location in the garden that matters but what you do in the garden is, is a determining factor to allow you to hear the voice of God to allow you to be strengthened by God 
we can all be in the same church we can all be in crossfire but our blessing can never be the same because our attitude will determine what will happen to us I pray that you will not be sleeping in the garden but you will be awake in the name of Jesus there are some people in crossfire who have decided to sleep but there are some species in this house who said we are not in the garden the garden is not a place to sleep we don't have our pillow there therefore we cannot be sleeping if I have to sleep I want to go to a bedroom but as far as I am in the garden it is the time for me to travel it is the time for me to cry to him he said call upon me and I will answer you he said this is the confidence that we have in him that whatsoever we will ask in prayer he will give it to us I am here to tell somebody maybe you are not asleep in your garden and you have not yet seen the glory of God I am here to tell you an angel is coming to your rescue he is about to strengthen you what the devil wants you to back out from you are not backing out around it you are not jumping over it God is about to strengthen you to go through it tell your neighbor you will go through it uh, some of you want to jump. You want to escape. When the children of Israel were crossing the Red Sea, when they tra- saw the Red Sea, they said, why would we have a Red Sea? But they didn't know that it's going to become their testimonies. The Bible said that certain enemies, certain people who knew about what God did, bringing the children of Israel to the Red Sea, the Bible said they, w- they said we will not fight them because it was that God who saved them to cross the Red Sea. They are certain enemies you can't kill them by your hands. It is true that the stress and the difficulties you go through in life that will swallow them in their life. When they went through the Red Sea, precious one under the sound of my voice there are some things you can walk on it like Jesus but when you walk through it means that anything that follows you shall be drowned also. Tell your neighbor they will drown. Can I release a bullet? When not everybody can walk on the water, not everybody can walk, walk on the water. The Bible said Jesus beat Peter to come. But the Bible said that when Peter was walking on the water, just like Jesus, when he became so conscientious about the environment, the Bible said he started drowning. My enemies hasn't got the faith to walk on water. Therefore, I need God to part the water so that when they follow me, God will drown them. Oh my God. Oh my God. Say to your neighbor, he's about to strengthen you. Ah, he's about to strengthen you. I remember there was a time in this church when a member of this church was not married. And another lady who was not married. He said, I, when I look at you, I don't want to pray. Because even when I look at what you do in the house of God. And you are still not married. I ask myself, will it come to my turn? When that lady said that to me. It broke my heart to say that the unbeliever and the believer. Or partially believer. Or whatever you call it. How can they be at the same level? It provoked my spirit. And I went down on my knee. And I said, God speak and intervene at the moment as I speak with you the one who is a believer 
so eagerly stretching herself to do the things of God. She is now married, not just married, but having children. And the one who was thinking they were on the same level is still single. I prophesy upon your life. God is about to bring the difference and it's about to be clear. Come on, tap your neighbor and say, God is coming. Uh, it brings me to the next point after you engage in prayer the third point that brings the habit it consolidates it empowers your harvest moment it is what I call fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit say having an intimacy with the Holy Spirit say to your neighbor having an intimacy with the Holy Spirit uh, the believer must understand that uh, your harvest moment is crucial. Uh, constancy and regularity in his presence is what he's looking for. I can talk about Moses uh, when he entered into the wilderness with God. In, in Exodus chapter 3, God appeared to him and one thing he did, you must understand that when God speaks to you, keep the relationship. The relationship is the empowering body that consolidate what he said in your life you must have a relationship with God because he's always talking the Bible said if it had not been the relationship that Abraham had with God Abraham would have killed Isaac because when God told him to sacrifice Isaac and Abraham had walked away and was going to sacrifice Isaac without having a relationship with God he could not hear when God said don't kill him again because you you must keep the constancy of the relationship. The relationship is excruciating and it's very important when you want to walk with God. The fellowship of the Spirit is essential. Tap your neighbor and say, have a fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Oh my God. Uh, there is a songwriter who says, As the deer panted for the water, so my soul pants long after thee. Uh, you long. It says, You are you alone are my heart's desire. It said, I long to worship you. You alone are my strength, my shield. It said, You alone are my heart desire. I love it when he say, I love you more than any other. So much more more than anything. You alone are my strength, my shield. To you alone may my spirit yield. Precious one hearing the sound of my voice, I want you to come to the point that in the year 2020, your intimacy with God will appreciate. You have a deeper walk with God. Ah, Tell your neighbor, have a deeper walk with God. In Genesis chapter 39 verse 2 to 6, the Bible said the Lord was with Joseph and he was successful. He was a successful man. He was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. I'm talking about when, because of time, the Bible said that more Joseph was in the house and the Bible said he had a relationship and Pharaoh and the king, what do you call it, the master Potiphar realized that this was a a distinct, a distinctive attitude, uh, 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 a 
an attitude that is characterized by prospering. The Bible said he realized there was a God with Joseph. And the Bible said he decided to put everything under the feet of Joseph. Under the control of Joseph. When you have a relationship with God, it provoked the presence of God to transmit favor into your life. My Bible said when Joseph was in the house of his master, he had the presence of God, a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And my Bible said because of that, everything was put under his care. I prophesy today upon your life that what your strength cannot provide for you, your relationship with God will provide for you in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, shout Jesus is Lord. I'm finishing. Give me a few minutes here. In Genesis chapter 41, verse 38 to 41, my Bible said, Pharaoh said unto his servant, Is that can we find such one as this? Number one, a man in whom the Spirit of God is. In other words, it means in whom there is a relationship. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God has shared thee all this, there is none so discreet wise as thou and the bible say he put everything under his hands the verse number 41 is what provoked me and the bible said and pharaoh said unto joseph see i have set thee over all the land of egypt i pray today that god will set you up he will set you above but not beneath he will make you the head and not the tail he will make you increase in favor the bible Bible said he cannot find a man. It doesn't matter what the world has, the world is doing. If they find the anointing upon your life, it doesn't matter how bad it is. It is a relationship of God. It's what can transpose our error into blessing. What do I mean by that? The Bible said that Abraham said, Sarah is my sister. When the king find out, he pleaded with him and said, why did you do that? And the Bible Bible said when he was leaving he blessed him more. Why? Because he had a relationship with God. I don't know who is hearing the sound of my voice but I pray that God is about to have an authenticity in your relationship with him. You are about to have a gravity in your relationship with God. That everything that sees you will bow under your feet. In the mighty name of Jesus come and shout and say relationship. My Bible said to finish it. My Bible, I can't finish it. Let me finish it here. The Bible said there was a man. The king, this arrow, decided to kill James. And he decided to catch. He, he also arrested Joseph. What do you call it? Peter. But my Bible said one thing he didn't know that, that Peter has got a relationship with God. And those who have got relationship with God, supernatural things happen to them. My Bible said that they were waiting to kill Peter the same way your enemies are waiting to kill you but they don't know you have a relationship with God my Bible said an angel appeared unto Peter and he said Peter get up I pray that today everything that is meant for your downfall is about to come down because you have a relationship with God come on tap your neighbor and say have a relationship with God 
Let me drop this. The Bible said, ah, there are three guys. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The king wanted to kill them. He, he intensified and es- escalated the the fire. But the Bible said, when they went in, those who pushed them in, who did not have a relationship with God, the Bible said they died, they pained. But the three of them who entered, the Bible said, the king saw a fourth person in. What does the fourth person mean? It means that he said, I will not leave you nor forsake you. He said that if you go through the fire, I will be with you. When you have a relationship with God. Everything you go through, he doesn't leave you alone to go through. I prophesy upon your life that this year you will see God in your life. This year you will see the message of God in your life. In the mighty name of Jesus, you are about to see the provision of God. You are about to see the harvest of God. Your family is about to encounter harvest. In the mighty name of Jesus, come on, stand on your feet and say, how Stand on your feet. (laughs) When people are attacking you at your workplace, tell them, I am not alone. Oh, come on. When you become sick in your body, tell your sickness, I am not alone. Oh, my God.